Good morning and welcome to Wavemakers with Janet and Tom, a weekly conversation with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. I'm Tom. And I'm Janet. Answer the phones for us today is the stalwart John Dunn. If you want to join the conversation, give John a call at 813-239-9663. He'll get you through to us. You can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Today's guests are Christina Barker and Tyler Hudson, who have been making waves since 2018 when they pulled off what many people in the political establishment thought was impossible, a successful campaign to pass a one-cent sales tax for transportation. Those of you who have been following this issue know that uh, Hillsborough County Commissioner Stacy White sued his own county commission colleagues challenging the tax after 57% of Hillsborough voters approved it in November 2018. A local judge upheld the tax but struck down part of the measure detailing how the money would be spent. The Florida Supreme Court ultimately sided with White and threw out the entire tax. And while the tax went away, our transport transportation problems have only worsened as tens of thousands of pandemic-era newcomers flock to Tampa and overwhelm our roads. Now the tax is on the ballot again this November, and advocates like Christina and Tyler are hoping voters will support it as they did in 2018 and say, yes, I want to see improvements in transportation, in bike lanes and sidewalks and crosswalks and transit and roads, and I'm willing to pay for it. This must feel like deja vu for you guys. Um, Can we pull this off again? Yes, no question. Um, I, I think Janet hit the nail on the head that in 2018, we talked a lot about growth. We talked a lot about people coming here in the future. Uh, the future took place faster than we thought. They're here now. And COVID really exacerbated that population growth and our inability to have the infrastructure to meet it. So we think, if anything, the, the, ne- the need for this type of investment is only greater now than it was in 2018. And I, I get the impression people really feel that. They can see it on the roads. Do you get that? Get, are you getting that? Feedback as well? Yeah, we haven't had any feedback that the problem's gone away, that's for sure. And even though COVID sort of changed the way people were moving and how they were moving for a little while, I think we've all seen that the cars are back on the road. And with all of our new neighbors moving here every day, I think, you know, we've heard a busload of people move here every day. That problem's only going to continue to get worse. So let's talk about the proposal uh, and how it differs from the last one. Now, very fundamentally, one big difference is the last one was driven by the citizens, you and a group of other engaged citizens, who came up with this crazy idea and got it passed. Now it's being proposed by the county commission. But what is in the proposal? Sure. So the, the money would be spent in a very similar way to what was proposed in 2018. The, the, really, the big difference between now and 2018 is, is how this is happening. In 2018, as, as Tom alluded to, it was a group of citizens that initiated a charter amendment to adopt this tax, and the Florida Supreme Court said, you can't do that. Um, only, only county commissioners can, can put these types of things on the ballot, and that's exactly what the, this county commission has done. Uh, the, the plan is split, really, between the diverse needs that a county is big um, and is growing as Hillsborough County is. So 54.5% will focus on bike pedestrian safety, roadway improvements, adding turn lanes, adding sidewalks, things like that. The other, you know, a little bit less than half, 45% would go to Hart 
to fund the type of public transit system that we need to be the type of city that we want to be to compete with, you know, Austin, Nashville, Charlotte, Atlanta, places like that. Um, the cost of car ownership has, has gone up significantly since 2018. It's going to continue to rise probably with, with fuel costs. And so we, we really need to have a functional public transit system to give people the option about not taking a car everywhere. We're not going to make people take buses, but we do need to make it an option because right now there really is no option. And WMNF listeners, what do you think? Are you seeing more traffic now than you did four years ago? Um, would you like to see more investment in transportation uh, projects and, and more roads, better roads, better sidewalks, safer streets? Give us a call, 813-239-9663, or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org and let us know. Did you support that tax last time? Are you going to support the tax this time? Um, so you were talking about a little bit about what's different. So last time... It was placed on the ballot by signature. So we, you collected like what, 60,000 signatures? How many signatures were collected to get on the ballot? Do you guys remember? We collected 77,000 petitions in six weeks to get on the ballot last time. Um, and I think it's really important to note that that wasn't a choice that we made. It was the only choice we had in 2018. The makeup of the county commission was completely different. And so while voters passed AFT in 2018, every election since, we've also been voting for people to lead us on the county commission at city council as mayor who are more pro-transit, pro-transportation investment. And so that's shown now. We really changed the dynamic of how this looks in 2018, we wouldn't have had the option to get the votes on the county commission, and now they're leading, and we're happy to see that. So why is this okay and the other one wasn't? What's different about this proposal? How do we know that this one will not be challenged in the same way that the last one was? What's different about this? The main difference is that the county commission is putting a plan forward to put restrictions on the money themselves. In 2018, we put the plan forward restricting the county commission. That's what the Florida Supreme Court said was not allowed. So what they didn't like was that it was the referendum that said how the money would be spent. And now it's the county commission saying that this is how the money will be spent. So it was a question of power, right? That's what the Supreme Court decided. Whether or not you agree with that decision, that's what they decided. We disagree, but that is the law of the land. <laughs> and it's uh, in an ordinance, right? The same, essentially the same percentages as before. How much would go to Hart, for example, and how much would go to the city of Tampa. Um, but that's in an ordinance, not in the referendum. Is that correct? That, that's correct. And we, we didn't have a choice but to do a charter amendment in 2018. There's no citizen-initiated ordinance. Um, so in this case, it is going to be an ordinance, which we think is, is probably the, the, the right way to do it. That, that's, that's certainly what we would have preferred in 2018 had there been the, the political will down, which there is now you know, in, in abundance to, to make this type of investment. And now the other thing I think that's different about this one is that there's the, the last referendum, there was an inter independent oversight committee that had a role in um, look, monitoring how the money was spent. How is that handled in this referendum? Is there a committee in, in this, this proposal? There's still a citizen oversight committee. It's very similar to what you see for the school's half-penny sales tax, that they oversee where the money's going, they get reports, they can do audits. Um, and so there is going to be that continued engagement by citizens on this money, money that they're paying and they're choosing to pay themselves, which we think is critically important. And 45% is going to heart for transit. Um, does it, Would that include things like rail and um, is that all buses or is, is will this project, will, will this money fund a rail project for the, the Tampa Bay, Tampa area? It, it certainly could. So I mean, less than, it, for every $100 that, that heart is going to get from this, $45 is, has to go to the, to the bus. 
um, which is that, that's really the the core of, of any functional transit system. I mean, certainly subways and things like that have some sizzle to them. But you know, I lived in DC for seven years, took the bus a lot more than the metro. It's it's an easier way to get from where you live to where you work, where you want to go. And uh, even if you have rail, you need buses to connect those rails. I- exactly. The the, the bus is, is going to be the core of um of of, of the public transit system. The other thirty five percent is going to have to go to you know, expanding new options. That could mean bus rapid transit. That could mean vehicles that you know look an awful lot. Like uh, like trains, but actually are in a dedicated lane and have tires on them. For mm-hmm. example, what you take from the airport to go to the rental car facility, so right. something like that. Uh, it it could include buses in their own lanes that have the ability to to do what's called queue jump and, and change the actual traffic light to be able to go through uh, intersections and, and break through the congestion that we watch slowly, mm-hmm. agonizingly as we drive around the city. Um, and it can be uh, other options as well. But certainly, that you get the best bang for your buck on public transit in in terms of, of bus, and that's where the that's where the money needs to go because there's too many routes that I mean I'm, I'm fortunate to sit on the heart board. Um, there are too many routes in the city that are you know, there are 60 minute frequencies. Mm-hmm. But the reason why people talk talk so much about wanting better bus shelters is because they're waiting for too long. Mm-hmm. In an ideal system, you don't have elaborate bus shelters because if you miss a bus, the next one's coming 10 minutes later. Right. Um, we've got we got to fix that, and, and that's something that this money can go to quickly. We're not talking about building a, a, a some brand new type of system. It's hiring more people to drive the buses that we can order to make people get you know to where they want to go more efficiently. And well, let's make it clear. Hart doesn't have the money to do the things you're talking about, right? Not at all. Hart, Hart, Hart has the has very minimal funding, and the the COVID relief out of Washington was a saving grace for many public transit agencies, and that was very important to Hart. That's not something we can rely on, or you know, candidly want to rely on. We don't want to rely on pand- pandemic stimulus to fund our transit system. We've got to have a more sustainable way to do it, and that's that's exactly what this sales tax can do. Um and. The streetcar is something that I know a lot of the expansion of the streetcar, a lot of people are looking to. Um, how would this um, this tax help facilitate expansion of the streetcar, which they're talking about expanding from downtown all the way up to the Tampa, Tampa Heights area? So in 2018, when um, All for Transportation first won at the ballot box, there was a lot of conversations about getting state funding for the streetcar so that the local funding could draw down the appropriate dollars that this community deserves from the state and federal government. And the state of Florida stepped in and they said, absolutely, we'll match those dollars. And they put, I think it's about $60 million, $70 million aside for the streetcar. Um, and once the funding source was overturned, that money is just sitting in a bank account waiting for the local community to step up with a match. And that's how all of these major transit problems projects get funded is you have a local match and you draw down state and federal funds to get the project done. The Tampa streetcar is in the perfect place to be expanded. It has ridership numbers that are going through the roof after the state of Florida stepped in and helped us make it free and more frequent. The growth with Water Street, Channel Side, Gasworks, um, thousands of more residents mm-hmm. are going to be downtown and they cannot all own cars. We cannot keep building parking lots in our downtown core. Uh, so connecting the streetcar to the surrounding neighborhoods, Tampa Heights, Seminole Heights, potentially towards the airport, um, that would be critical and that would be a, a great way to keep cars out of our downtown. I think Christine just hit on something that's probably the most important thing for listeners to take away, which is that you know when you buy something at the store, you pay seven and a half cent sales tax. Six six cents of that goes to Tallahassee. Uh, you pay your federal income taxes. A lot of money goes to Washington D.C. We don't get that hmm. money back because we don't have a local sales tax to match it. So the Florida Department of Transportation has millions of dollars that are sitting on the sidelines waiting for, but we can't get that until we have a local match. Likewise, federal investment. 
we had we, the, the infrastructure bill that we heard about for four years in the prior administration. Uh, every week was infrastructure week. That, that, <laughs> that, that finally passed. That finally passed. So there is federal money now available. The federal government's going to be looking to, well, what kind of local match do you have? We'll help you build the system, but you need to show local government that you've yeah. got skin in the game to pay to maintain it. We don't have that right now. So, so bottom line, is- we can't tap into all that federal and state money unless we have some local money um, for the project. And it's yep. our own money. We're yeah. trying to get our own tax money trying to get back our own money our back. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so uh, we have a call uh, from Will in Temple Terrace. Um, Will, what would you like to say? Oops, you're, sorry. Uh, you're on the line, Will. What's what's on your mind? Foremost, I just want to thank uh, Tyler and Christina for everything that they've done to get this thing to where it's at right now. Um, four years ago, I went spoke at the house, at the county commission about this subject. It's something I really believe in as a homeowner and a business owner in, in the city of Tampa. Um, the thing that really grinds me about it is not only did um, did the people absolutely express that that they wanted this, you know, investment in this in this uh, sector, but uh, because of the whole rigmarole with um, the, the going all the way up to the street, well, we actually got less investment by a long shot because of these state and local matches and uh, because of the budget that they set up around this thing that passed. Um, so just, you know, I can't understand why local representatives would care with their pride out of the way and um, let the people do what they want to do. Um, but that... Uh, Either that way being said, I think they're absolutely right that the uh, the solution is in Tampa going to have to come in a, a very big variety of packages. Um, and I think that there's people here that are absolutely willing. More and more people in uh, I'm a millennial in my age group are are flocking here. And the things that they want in the cities like Denver uh, that blow up, um, that have really seen a, a revitalization in the last 20 years, uh, transportation is number one. Um, well, it's, it's one of the biggest things. Uh, so I, I can't wait for this thing to pass um, and that we can actually start doing the work that the people have been asking for for years. So thank you so much for everything that you guys done to get the ball this far, and hopefully we can get it over the line. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Thanks. for the call, Will. Um, and um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wavemakers with Janet and Tom, and our guests are Christina Barker and Tyler Hudson, two of the founders of All for Transportation, which organized a successful referendum in 2018 to pass a one-cent sales tax for transportation. And now um, that... that that tax was struck down and tried, they're trying to get it passed again in um, 2020, uh, 2022. That's what year we are now is 2022. <laughs> and if you want to weigh in on that, what do you think? Is traffic worse now than it was four years ago? Did you support the tax in 2018? Will you support it now? Give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email at dj at wmnf.org. And we have an email uh, from Jerry uh, who says he's from Miami and there they haven't had, uh, they've had Metro Rail, which is an above ground rail system that runs across most of US-1, which connects inner city folks to the downtown. We should have something like that here that would connect the three, three main counties in the Bay Area, Pinellas, Hillsborough, and Pasco. What do you all think of that? Regional transportation is going to be built on local transportation. And so, you know, all three counties, I think that we see it in Hillsborough here, we've got the ball rolling and we're thankful for that. But we also hope that Pinellas County and Pasco County make the same types of an investment to address their transit needs. I mean, PSTA is a really well-run uh, transit agency. They're building the, down, the downtown BRT in St. Pete, um, but they have funding issues just like Hart does. And we need to invest more in our local system so that we can build regional systems on top of them. 
Just the the ordinance, going back to what's different this time versus last time, the ordinance doesn't have the longevity of, of the tax, right? Because a, a new county commission could come in and change the ordinance. Is that correct? Is it, they're a little bit less... Can you can you speak to that? Is it what guarantee do we have that the money will be spent the way this county commission is indicating it should be spent? Is the question? Yeah. So in terms of the duration, it's it's still thirty years. The tax um, is thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. It's it's not a an, an auto renewal. In thirty years, someone will, will will have to do the work of trying to get it renewed. Um, oh, you're not that old. You can it, do it again. Yeah. Yeah. My my, my, my son turns uh, six on July fifth. So George George Hudson will. Uh, the next generation. We'll see you in twenty fifty two in here. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be George's turn. Um, and in terms of the commitment, that's a great question. That's a question we got a lot in 2018. Because when, right. we, when we went around and talked to groups, you know, as citizens who cared about this, um, folks would ask us that. What assurances do we have? And, and we didn't have a great answer. What we would say was, you've really got to, you need to always be electing people who, who share your values on transportation, on housing, because this is all related. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's really the, the answer. I mean, th- this will be an ordinance. Um, it, it, it is changeable. Um, so if a majority of the county commission in five or 10 years wants to reallocate some of the proceeds, that is something that's possible. I mean, the the, the good and the bad of the charter amendment was its inflexibility. Right. Um, and that can be good because you're able to enshrine for a generation or more the transportation priorities that we thought were appropriate in 2018 that the long-range transportation plan thought were in 2018. But I think Christine and I think it's probably better to have the ordinance because just being humble about the future and the limits of foresight that in, in, in 15 years, we might want to increase the bike pedestrian safety mm-hmm. provisions because we've realized that, look, bike pedestrian safety, especially on the bike side, that is a way to, Jenny, you are very active in this mm-hmm. space. That is a way to move people around um, without the use of, of fuel, uh, which is getting more expensive. Um, and it's safe once we have these investments in place. So having the having the optionality and the flexibility is good, but there there's no doubt that the most important thing you can do is elect people who share your values on transportation. That's right. the biggest change between 2018 and 2022 as Christina alluded to. We didn't we didn't have a majority of the county commission in 2018 uh, to put this on the ballot. Now we've got more than four. Mhm. Interesting. And there are prohibitions on how the money can be spent as well as specific uh, ways it must be spent. For example, uh, it can't be spent on sports stadiums. Yeah. You know, we put specific prohibitions too that I think are really critical to this effort. One is on sports stadiums, but it is important to note that the state law that allows communities to levy this tax already says it is a dedicated funding source for transportation. So even though there are some prohibitions that you don't see in the ordinance, it can't be spent on schools. It can't be spent on hospitals. We put it cannot be spent on sports teams specifically in the charter amendment in 2018. And I think the county commission agreed and put it back in this time because there's a lot of talk about funding sports stadiums right now. We mm-hmm. want voters to feel very confident that the money's not going in that direction. But just to be clear, you it could be spent on road improvements around a new sports stadium. For or example, any development and infrastructure. What, sure. what a great place to have uh, some sort of mass transit system. Uh, Absolutely. You know, so we don't have to have a sea of parking around a stadium. Absolutely. But that, but it's not going to go to build the stadium for some rich sports owner. Right. And it's, it's absolutely not enough to make or break the sports stadium happening. So, you know, there's still a lot of money out there that would have to be approved before this money would be able to help in any way. 
Um, we have another email from Will who um, who called, and now he sent us or it's a text message, and he says there's still a lot of work to do with big hitters like the Koch brothers opposing things that um, ant- amount to the what's fossil fuel centric. They have had a lot more time to get their challenge in order. So best believe there's going to be a ton of money flooding in to smear this effort. How do you see fighting that wave of funding? What do you what is the opposition to this? That's Good question. Is there organized opposition? Is there any opposition to it? What are you seeing this time around? I mean, we view our opposition as the status quo. If you're happy with how the transportation system works right now, if you're happy with housing costs, if you're happy with the options you have to move around Hillsborough County, um, then then this this might not be for you. Um, The the idea that we don't need this investment is absurd. Uh, It flies in the face of, of every study report analysis, um, and it flies in the face of just the, the reality you see when you drive around. There are more people here. Right. They're, they're driving single occupancy vehicles. Uh, we've got to do something to to reduce that, to give people an option to, to not necessarily drive everywhere. There are, and similarly, there are places in the county where we do need to widen the roads. Go to the intersection of you know, Balm and Balm Riverview Road out in the county. Um, it's a two-on-two intersection in the midst of enormous amount of, I mean, suburban scale, but nonetheless residential density. In that area, we got to widen the roads. So to, to us, the opposition is is the status quo. But th- there is a prohibition against widening the interstate, and I know that's been a very controversial uh, subject in Tampa. So talk about that, if you would. Sure. So, yeah. FDOT has plenty of money to upkeep the interstate and um, fix the interstate in ways that they see fit. Uh, our local sales dollars, sales tax dollars need to go to local roads and local transit service. This is a local tax being paid by the community. We want to stay as close to the local government as possible. Um, and because of the uh, issues around widening the interstate and the impacts that those were having on neighborhoods. Well, again, we think that the chances that any of this money would go to it with or without the prohibition is very, very slim. We wanted to make sure that that was written in black and white so that the county and the FDOT knew what the stakes were. That would be highly unusual anyway because our interstate projects are funded primarily by the federal and state governments. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wavemakers with Janet and Tom, and our guests are Christina Barker and Tyler Hudson, and we're talking about the um, referendum on a sales tax to fund transportation in Hillsborough County. That will be on the ballot in November, and we'll be right back. This is Walter Elspeth II, the host of the Sunday Forum. Each and every Sunday from 8 to 10 a.m., the Fourth Estate and I do research and have intelligent conversation with each and every one of you. And we love it. We love bringing you the best in radio programming here on WMNF 88.5, Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. All right. That's a great show Walter Smith has. So let's talk a little bit about the current political environment that we're, we're in. Is it is it helpful or hurtful, just what's happening in the world right now, starting with we talked a little bit about that, about the county commission. So the political climate, the makeup of the county commission, helpful or hurtful right now to this? Seems like it's helpful. <laughs> the, the political dynamics on the county commission are helpful um, because, you know, obviously they view this as critical to the future of the community as we do. Um, the dynamics around the environment we're in versus 2018 
not quite helpful. You know, when mm-hmm. you see inflation rising, gas prices rising, housing costs rising, those are things that families do have to consider. We're not insensitive to that. But what we know is that continuing to kick the can down the road costs more. So we're going to be paying for this infrastructure one way or another. We're either going to pay more later, like we have been doing for the last generation, mm-hmm. or we're going to pay something now to start fixing it. Um, and I think that it's important to remember that a no vote doesn't mean you're not paying anything. A no is the cost of doing nothing. You're willing to pay the cost of doing nothing. I think more people want to pay the cost of fixing the problem. Yeah, it's a lot more expensive to vote no. And, and, and because it's like what Mark Twain said about bankruptcy, right? It's it's you know, slowly at first and all of a sudden. That's how infrastructure decays. I mean, it might be slowly at first, but uh, it, 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 can, it can really spiral. And if we kick the can down the road and, and try to fix this later, with uncertain state funding, uncertain federal funding, we're going to have a huge problem. And we, we risk choking on our own growth. Um, and that's going to delay perhaps permanently the prosperity that we can enjoy really as a region, as a county, with a more functional transportation system. You know, I've done several of these referendums now. Um, and in every single year, 2014, 2016, 2018, we were told it's the wrong time. There's always a reason that you can say that it's the wrong time. Um, but it is, we've been doing that for much, much too long. And so now we have this crisis on our hands. And if we don't address it, we're going to have even more problems down the road. Well, let's face it. It's been 30 years of those kinds of conversations because I'm old enough to remember them. (laughs) Um, And it's literally been going on for 30 years. Oh, we need this. uh, We need a mass transit system or we need rail or we need more funding. Bad time. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's always no. So, but do you, th- you, you, you're, I think you're optimistic though you can get it done this year. I, I get that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. We're absolutely optimistic because yeah. it, it's, it's, it already, first we got good proof of concept. I mean, 57% <laughs> of the people voted for the it. The best 20- poll you can do is on election right. day. Right. Exactly. We won that one. <laughs> yeah. We won every single precinct in the city of Tampa. We won every single county commission district, Plant City, Temple Terrace. And I think it's because it, people view it as a local quality of life issue. Yeah. And if at the end of the day, yes. you hate traffic, you hate your lack of options more than you hate what's really a, a very minor investment out of, out of your sales tax, um, then I think there, there's reasons to vote yes for this. I think there's adequate protections to make sure that the money's spent in the same way the voters are are, are seeing it on the ballot language. And so, you know, we're, we're going to try to run this as best we can as a, a local quality of life issue. There's national atmospherics that are going to get in the way, just like they did in 2018. Um but this is really a local issue. What about it being um, anything to do with like what's on the ballot, a midterm uh, election, or the fact that there are there any other referendums that could be on the ballot that would help or hurt um, this effort? We were on a midterm ballot in 2018. Yeah, um, there was a gubernatorial race going on. There's a lot of noise then. I I think that you know my take on this is these are so important. You keep putting them on the ballot until they win. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, we're not going to have the community today in 20 years that we want. And to be clear, it did win in 2018. Yeah. You just got to win again. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I'd love to hear from um, some of you out there listening who have recently moved to Tampa and what you think about or Hillsborough County, the Tampa Bay area, what you think about our traffic, our transportation system, how it compares to where you came from. One of the things that Tyler keeps on mentioning that I think is interesting is choices. You know, that we don't have a lot of choices in this community. We don't have a good transit system. It's hard to bike from point A to point B to actually, you know, other than just for pleasure or sport to get from, to get to places. So we don't really, you know, have a lot of choices. And I think that that's one of the, nobody, I, I think, believes, when you go to great cities that have lots of choices and transit options, it doesn't mean there's not congestion. There's still congestion, but if you prefer not 
to sit in traffic, you don't have to. And back to what you're saying about how this year you're dealing with um, rising gas prices, you know, this is what you want are choices so that you don't have to be driving a, a fuel-powered car everywhere you go. And if you do decide to drive, I, you know, right now, if you live in the city of Tampa, your road is repaved once every 75 years. So you're lucky if, if once in your lifetime you see the roads in your neighborhood repaved. Mm-hmm. If you want to walk somewhere, there's only one mile of sidewalk that the city can afford to build every year. With this infrastructure investment, that becomes 10 miles of sidewalk they can build a year. It becomes every 25 years they can repave your road. Mm-hmm. So even if you're deciding that transit's not for you, that's for someone else, One, that transit is benefiting you by taking other cars off the road ahead of you. And this investment is also going to make the roads you're driving on safer and better for you if that's the choice that you make. Um, What about confusion? Are you concerned that people will be confused? I just voted for this tax four years ago, and why should I vote for again? I don't want to be taxed again for transportation. That seems like the biggest hurdle. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, there's a lot of new folks have, have come here since 2018, but certainly that that's something that the campaign is is going to address. Of, of to say, look, that this is essentially a renewal. You know, renew in 2022. I mean, that what what you voted for in 2018 um, went away, and it is no. You're not adding you know extra tax beyond what you did in 2018. There's no question that's going to be something that we're we're going to have to deal with. But we we th- we 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 have some ideas about how to how to do that. I think you'll 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 see those in the community. And you do have broad support this time. I think you had broad support last time, obviously from the results you did from the voters. But you also had a lot of support from you could call them influencers. You know, the Chamber of Commerce folks and the business community, uh, the mayor uh, uh, of Tampa. She's in favor of this, right? I mean, there's a lot of support for this. There is, and I think that that gets onto the fact that. The, it is so obvious that there is a need for investment because we have delayed it and deferred it for for so long. I think once this passes, I think some of that coalition support well, you know, there might be some disagreements about how to spend it. I mean, we, we've joked that we, we fight a lot about modes of transportation now that we have no money to build. And, and, and the fights are very mm-hmm. abstract and academic. The fights are going to be are real when the money's actually there. And those are that's good, that's a good thing. Real cities have those, real regions and counties. You know, have those disagreements, but I think as in terms of right now, focusing squarely on should there be an investment, uh, the support is 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 very broad. And from the business community, I know, I know Jeff Vinnick was a big supporter last time. Is he going to be pushing this effort this time, or the supporting the tax this time? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know something that we were really proud of in 2018 was that we were able to bring the business community and the grassroots community together. Mm-hmm. Um, the grassroots community voted and collected petitions and knocked on doors and the business community gave us the resources to get that kind of stuff done. So um, I think our coalition is even stronger than it was in 2018. Mm-hmm. I think we've brought a lot of new members into that coalition from the business community that maybe weren't quite there in 2018. And so we feel really good about where we'll be in terms of running a effective and broad campaign to let the voters know exactly what they're voting on and to make sure they know they're voting on the same thing they did four years ago. They lost their vote. They, they, they voted for something that was then taken away from them. I would think the voters would be ready to get their voice back. Yeah, because again, the problem, the problem is worse than it was in 2018. And one thing we haven't talked a lot about right now is, is housing. Um, and that's something that we're going to talk about in the campaign, about how housing and transportation really are related. You know, you, whether you're in the city um, and, and city codes mandate you build enormous amounts of, of car storage and, and how that really undermines mm-hmm. the ability to develop housing that, whether it's subsidized or not, can be affordable for a broader range of people. Apartment rents are, are really high right now, but you know what makes apartment rents worse? Having to pay for a car. 
And mm-hmm. there, are, there are a lot of opportunities in the city and in the county as well to locate housing density in areas where either there are jobs already or that can get connected to jobs through means other other than a car. Those things are all all connected in a way that we're, we're going to try our best to make sure voters understand. Even look at the county in, in rural, more rural parts of the county. You can't put schools in certain parts of the county because the roads are too deficient. Mm-hmm. And if the roads are too deficient to build the schools, you can't build the houses that those kids are going to live in. And so you have a huge mismatch between supply and demand and housing that our transportation system makes worse every single day. We need to fix that. And the streetcar is an example, I think, of uh, how you could fund transportation in a way that helps affordable housing. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, it takes the it takes the ability, it takes the requirement. Going back to options, it takes the requirement of having a car off the table. And the streetcar is a huge part of that. So it was Route One, which goes up Florida Avenue um, and runs out every fifteen minutes. The four hundred down Nebraska Avenue. I mean, those are transit corridors we know can work. Go to any city that we you know aspire to be more like. It. Let's take Denver as an example. Um, not everyone is driving single occupant vehicles for a three mile commute from. You know, into the into the downtown core from a peripheral neighborhood, Ybor City, Tampa Heights, North Hyde Park, the West Tampa. Those are all areas that can be densified if we have some public transit to support it. It's really difficult to do without transit. Let's face it. That's why we have parking minimums and so much land being taken up it's just a geom- to store a car. It's a geometry problem. I mean, the, the land has a mm-hmm. shape, and there's only so much height you can. And you got cars and people. Who, who's going to prevail? And right now, it's cars too often. It's amazing how much uh, money we spend on and and space that we use um, to store cars that we're not using, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you can have requirements. And I, I, can, I can nerd out on this all day because I'm, I'm a land use lawyer. <laughs> I deal with this pretty often. But, I mean, you can have situations where the, the off-site parking requirement and the dimensions of parking spaces are huge when mm-hmm. you think about it. And then you have the drive aisle where the off-site parking in a garage is as big as the housing unit itself. What a what a perverse use of space in a mm-hmm. city that has such a housing crisis. And it's huh. expensive. I mean, we go back to the fact that people are going to make a choice in November about whether they want to make an investment in their community. But ultimately, that modest investment is going to save them money in the long run. And I think that's the most important thing that voters can take away when they make that decision is that we are going to pay for this. We're paying for it with our time sitting in traffic, 48 hours a year you spend in traffic. If you Mm -hmm. live in Tampa, we're paying for it every day when people are being hit by cars on our roads. We're one of the deadliest places to walk, bike, and drive in the nation. And we're paying for it with our money when we're building infrastructure we don't need because we're not investing in the infrastructure that we do need. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's important, I think, to point out that in Florida, a city cannot do this on its own. It has to be done by a county. So while there's intense interest to have mass transit in the city of Tampa, where it's much more dense and less interest by those who are living out in suburbs, you can't do it just by the city, right? You have to have it countywide, is that right? Yes, c- cities cannot raise their own taxes. Only, only counties can. The state sort of, you know, gives permission to, to counties to raise certain types of taxes. And, and this is a, a, a transportation surtax that, yeah, the city of Tampa or city of Plant City or Temple Terrace can't do alone. Um, and, and while the county certainly, you know, the unincorporated county, and, and opponents of this will try to try to pitch this as, a, as a, a fight between people that live in unincorporated county and the city. It's about, you know, the county voters subsidizing a big, you know, city monorail plan. That's not true at all. Um, Why for, should I pay for something I'm never going to use? Right. Well, because your neighbor might. One, two. Your you want your kids to move back home. They want to live in a place where they can walk around. And, and, and 
let's talk about the transit in the county. First of all, folks go between the city and the county all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not one person in the city of Tampa who could draw me a map of the city of Tampa. If you look at the shape of it, it's absurd. It, it goes all the way to the border of Pasco. <laughs> so people go between the county and the city all the time. Um, hmm. so they, they don't even it. know it. <laughs> and, and they don't even know yeah. it. That's right. And there, are, and there are areas in the county, like, like the Big Bend Road corridor, where you've got um, the St. Joseph's Hospital South out there. Baker's got a huge investment out there. There are ways to get people from job centers like that to you know, residential areas, other employment centers, through transit. And so it, it is not just a city thing. There are folks who will benefit throughout the county from an investment in public transit. And to those folks, I, I often will say, um, there's a county commissioner, well, it happens to be Stacy White, the one that sued his county commission colleagues, who wants to spend $100 million to widen one road, Lithia Pinecrest Road, $100 million. What could $100 million do for Hart? It, it could do a lot in county sidewalks and whatnot. I can tell you, I can tell you that. I mean, and, and that's, that, that goes to, and that's important too. And I, th- I think folks have a sense of that, but just how expensive this stuff is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the infrastructure, I mean, you, you think, well, you know, it may, maybe I've, I've made a basketball court for my, my kid. I know that, you know, concrete and asphalt's, it's not that bad. You just go to Home Depot. It, it's, it's enormously <laughs> expensive to do this stuff and to maintain it. Um, and and so to the, buy the right-of-way. I think one of the reasons yeah. Lithia Pinecrest Road is so expensive is they have to buy all that right-of-way. Yeah. And, you know, down in South and East County, they need roads. They, You know, there are roads that need to be widened. There are intersections that mm-hmm. need to be improved. They need to time their traffic lights. They need crosswalks near schools. They need more schools. This is not about a city versus county. It's about having a plan that's balanced enough and flexible enough that no matter where you live in the county, your needs are being met. Because something we heard on the campaign trail a lot was, well, everything goes to downtown. Everything goes to South Tampa. Everything goes to Brandon. Everyone thinks the money's going somewhere else. The bottom line is there's not enough money to meet anybody's needs. Mm-hmm. And so this is a plan that addresses your needs in your neighborhood no matter where you are. If you need roads and crosswalks in Brandon, you're going to get them. If you need transit in East Tampa and West Tampa, you're also going to get that. You're listening to community-sponsored commercial-free radio. We're powered by volunteers like me and listeners like you who support the station. And you can show your support by going to WMNF.org and hitting the tip jar to make a donation. You can do that any time of day or night. We'd love you to do it right now and support our show. Um, And on June 8th, we we will be participating in the WMNF Pledge Drive. So please keep us in mind if you're enjoying the show and would like to keep us on the air. And if you know a wave maker, email us at dj at wmnf.org and put wave makers in the subject line and let you know who, let us know who you think we should have on. Today we have uh, Christina Barker and Tyler Hudson, who are some of the um, biggest advocates for the referendum on uh, a sales tax for transportation in Hillsborough County that will be on the ballot in November. Um, if you have a question for Tyler or Christina or you want to comment on the state of transportation in Hillsborough County or the Tampa Bay area, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send us an email to dj at wmnf.org. We'd love to hear from you and hear what you think about the state of transportation in the Tampa Bay area. And are you willing to pay for improvements in Hillsborough County? Um, so the, the taxes was in place for how long? It passed in 2018. It was in place for about two years. two years. And how much money did the tax raise in that two years? About five hundred and sixty million. And it was any of that. What's happened with that money? Has any of it been spent, or is it? It has not been sent, spent. Um, it has enjoyed a, a restful piece in a, a government account. Is it earning any interest? Uh, I would ask actually Tom that. Tom, yeah, I, it's earning yeah. interest, but you know you don't get much interest on money these days. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but it is earning interest. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's it's really lying dormant and. 
Um, we're, we're grateful that, that Tallahassee has taken notice of that. Um, a, a different branch of government than, than the Florida Supreme Court, the Florida legislature um, has is, is aware of the issue. I think they're aware that, because I, I know too that the Florida Supreme Court in their decision that um, that eviscerated the tax, they, they declined to, to pr- provide a remedy of what right. we do now. And so um, it's kind of like the dog that catches the car, right? Well, what, well, what uh-huh. do you do now? And, and so the, the legislature, you know, it has stepped in. Uh, they have they added to the, the state budget um, some language, basically setting out a pathway for what what will happen when when a judge makes clear that you know case is closed, uh, we're, we're, we're we're done. The judicial branch is done. It's a legislative issue now, and, and that provides that the funding would would come back to Hillsborough County. Um, for projects really to be determined by Hillsborough County and, and the cities. So we're, we're hopeful there's going to be a resolution on that. We, we certainly would love to see that um, b- before the election to make things a little bit more clear, but also because, I mean, 500 and what, 12, $516 million, that can go a long way. That's a, that's a half a billion dollars. It's a lot that of money. That is so much money. We just said yeah, roads are expensive, things are expensive, but that, that can do an enormous amount of good. Um, and it's, it's just the right thing to do. I mean, again, we, we, we don't agree with the Florida Supreme Court decision, um, but the, the fact is 57% of the people knew they were voting to tax themselves to fund transportation improvements. The money that was collected should go to Hillsborough County transportation improvements, and there are abundant options for how that money can get spent. And um, speaking of that, as voters contemplate whether they're not going to they're going to support this, will there be specific um, examples of ways this this will be spent besides the percentages we've discussed? If you pass this tax, this sidewalk's going to be built in your neighborhood. Is it that specific? I don't know if it's going to be quite that specific, but I, it is going to be more specific than in 2018. Because in 2018, again, you know, we were a citizens group. And so we, we could point to the, the literal mountain of studies and reports and analysis that have been done over the years to talk about the problem. Like We have a very good sense of what the problem is. Uh, it's an enormous one, and it's a specific one. Um, but in terms of how the money would get spent, we were very reticent to tell people, well, you know, that intersection is going to get improved because we're not county commissioners. That's not our decision to make. I think in 2022, what's going to be different is the county is going to have um, the opportunity to be more forward about what the money will be spent on. And what's critical is the folks who are going to be saying this is where the money will go will be the people actually doing it. And that's really important because that's going to that has a credibility that we as a citizen group just can't provide. So I, I do think the county, county, both county commissioners and the county administration will be able to tell voters, look, I mean, th- these roads, these intersections, th- these are priorities, and they'll they'll be accountable to the people to actually back that up. And that's a that's a that's a feature of 2022 that is better than 2018. Now, one thing uh, also that's similar to uh, four years ago is there's another tax on the ballot acceptance in August, mm-hmm. November, which is a school board property tax. Just to remind our listeners, there was also a sales tax proposed by the school board four years ago that passed at the same time the transportation tax was passed. And I know a lot of people were concerned, oh, voters are never going to vote for two taxes, but they did. Now, this time, the school district is going for a property tax. Now, uh, why didn't the county commission consider that, or should they have, or... So our, our view in terms of transportation is that a sales tax is much more fair because it really functions more as a user fee. So folks who live outside of Hillsborough County but come into, into Hillsborough County, they pay it. Tourists pay it. We have a lot of tourists in Hillsborough County. That's a critical feature of a sales tax 
versus a property tax. Um, and, and just generally speaking, due to restrictions on property taxes, a sales tax can raise a significant amount more revenue um, than a property tax. So we, we think the sales tax is, is absolutely the right option just because it, it spreads out the obligation across the folks who are actually using it. A property tax is is focused more on, on, on property owners. And I have heard anecdotally that about a third of the sales taxes collected in Hillsborough County come from people who live outside of Hillsborough or, or visiting? Is that Yeah, visitors, roughly? commuters, they're all going to pay into that system. You know, people who are working in downtown Tampa but live in St. Petersburg, when they're buying their lunch in the middle of the day or they're filling up their gas tank here, you know, whatever the sales tax, they're paying it here and that money is staying here. And Which is appropriate because they're using our transportation system Absolutely. when they're here. Right. Right. So those who are concerned that sales taxes are regressive, that's the response, is that they're, well, first of all, they're limited tax options that... The, the, yeah, the, the state of Florida only allows for certain options for these. Gas tax, property tax, and sales tax. Sales tax provides a dedicated source of revenue. You can raise the property tax and say you're going to spend it on transportation. That might not necessarily be where it goes in 20 years. Um, but if you raise the, the sales tax, the state law, it is a dedicated source of revenue. So they have to spend it on transportation. Gas tax is a dwindling revenue source as cars become more efficient. And so we really need to have that one, the biggest investment that we can make to move forward and get out of the hole that we're in, that's a sales tax. And two, something that everyone who drives on the roads is going to be paying. Yeah, because even though the sales tax is going to be, again, paid by by tourists, by you know folks from other counties, all of the match that I talked about at the beginning, that's all going to come to Hillsborough County. They're not going to net out the Pennsylvania tourists, you know, share of that match that we're going to get back because the sales tax. And so we, it, our our campaign motto has been, you know, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And, and, and we think that a, a sales tax um, is a very, very good solution. It's the best solution to the problem. Just to go back for a minute, we were talking about the $500 million that's sitting there waiting to be spent. And our friend Will sent us an email saying that um, the refund was idea was a bad one and logistically it would be a nightmare. Yes, I agree with you, Will, on that. So the, they've thrown out the idea of the refund. That's not going to happen? The, the judge has said there's, there's, there's really no way to do it. I mean, th there was a case in Ocala somewhat recently where a fee um, by the fire department, I think, was held to be illegal. And so, you know, they were able to essentially reverse the fee. The, the problem with your sales tax system is that you, you, you pay sales tax to the vendor, to the 7-Eleven, to the, mm -hmm. the Starbucks, the hoagie shop. That's really the person that pays the sales tax. So you're putting a, a huge obligation on them to you know, essentially take money away from them, the collector mm -hmm. of the sales tax. And it's just really hard to see how it how it works. Um, and again, I think folks that probably have not been saving receipts for um, for the for you know, the last four years to figure Who does? out. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it, you know, you're going to save a receipt on your cup of coffee about a Starbucks and right. Yeah. It, and and it, I, I get it when people say, "Look, you know, it, it was it, it was it was illegal. I should get my money back." I mean, I, I'm I'm somewhat sympathetic to that. I, I I get that that's not it's not a pleasant thing to see. We're certainly not happy it happened, um, but there's no question that 57 percent of the folks in this county said they want to raise their taxes for transportation improvements. We think that's where all the money should go. Well, it was also, let's face it, I would call that a technicality. That was thrown out on a technicality. It was not that you couldn't raise the tax, that you could, could ask the voters to raise the tax. It was you couldn't tell the county commissioners specifically how to spend the tax. Yeah. So that's right, and yeah. let's not forget it. Not the tax the, itself. Yeah, the trial judge said, you know, look, we can separate these things. You, the, clearly, people wanted to tax, but you know, we'll get rid of the restrictions because citizens can't impose those. Only the county commission. Then fine. I think the the Supreme Court's decision to throw out the entire tax as a result was was 
really aggressive and, and, and a, a bridge too far. But again, we, we, we are where we are. Yeah, where you are. So <laughs> move forward. Exactly, move forward. That's right. Is there any call to action? What do you what do you say have to say to the listeners? Our listeners, um, if, if they care about this issue, what what do you want to see people do? I think, you know, number one, we need you to be registered to vote and we need you to be ready to vote in November. Um, as as Tom said, you know, the schools have a referendum coming up in August. And so we've got to get through the primary elections before we can really start getting out in the community and talking about this. Um, but if you know about this issue, if you're listening to this show right now and you care about transportation investments, you are probably much more informed than a lot of your neighbors and your friends and your family. We need to be talking to everybody about what this investment is going to do, helping them understand what happened in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as Tyler said, there are going, the, the county government, the city government, heart, they're all involved this time. If you have an HOA group or a neighborhood group or you're, you know, you have any type of gatherings that you're going to, Contact your county commissioners, contact the city, find out what projects are at, are up for grabs for you if this wins, um, because that's what's going to be important to your neighborhood is exactly the improvements you're going to see. And so we would urge you to go find that information. Uh, we had a caller who could not stay on the line, but he had a question he wanted me to ask, which is uh, your opinion on uh, Brightline and how it would connect and hook together with this transportation initiative. Yeah, I, mean, I think Christina said it best that, that regional transit really is built on top of local transit. And so Brightline's great. Um, it, it's, I mean, I've, I've taken it between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Um, they're, they're looking at, at options to come to Tampa. I mean, from like, media reports, I think Disney found it very important that if it was going to come to Disney, it needs to go on to Tampa. They already have the right-of-way. It's, it's I-4, which is a, an absolute hellscape to drive on. Uh, if anyone's ever been to Orlando or, or come back. Especially um, around Disney. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so it gets, um, so getting Brightline here, probably somewhere in the I-4, Ybor City vicinity is going to be really important. I, I think it would probably happen perhaps a little faster, and it certainly will happen more certainly if we're able to pass this investment, because Brightline's going to say, great, we're not going to dump people off in a surface parking lot. We'll dump people off into, if you go to Overtown in Miami, into you know mixed-use developments where you've got mm-hmm. housing, office, retail, commercial, and most importantly, you're a couple of steps away, hopefully, from reliable bus service that gets you wherever else you want to go into the city, on to your next destination. You know, it is just interesting seeing what's happening with Tampa, and I know you know we've all lived here a while, and the transformation that the city has undergone, and the decades that I've lived here now, and we're just still so weak on our transportation system, and making those investments, and, and doing what we need to do to really hit that next level as a city. We have an email from Jeff Smith, who, uh, first of all, says, really great show. Thank you, Jeff. We are deeply appreciative, he says, of what our, your guests are trying to accomplish. It is astounding that some people don't view transportation as Hillsborough's biggest issue. It is horrendous that we have the greatest per capita pedestrian and bicycle fatalities in the nation. Well, California has double our population. Your guests are waging a noble fight. I have long wondered why Hart seems to feel that it must generate large profits while many larger northern city systems are content to break even. Additionally, when USF has the fine Center for Urban Transportation Research, why does the city and county not use the data, data they produce? Well, what do you, what do you think? I mean, um, I think pretty much all transportation systems, mass transit systems, subways, bus systems, I don't think they're making a profit. And you uh, know about Hart? Yeah, Hart is not... Is not making a profit. Um, you get hard, as I said earlier, Hart does, I, I think, a commendable job. The operators and the staff do uh, an incredible job 
running a very bare bones transit organization with a very uncertain budget. And again, if, if you're budgeting, uh, if you're if you're budgeting, you're operating in maintenance based off of, of pandemic relief, that's not good. That's not sustainable. And that's all the more reason we've got to pass AFT in, in 2022. Um, you know, bring up Cutter. Um, there, it's interesting. There, there are a lot of great resources mm-hmm. in this community that are doing some really cutting edge, interesting research about, um, about transportation, how to move people around. And so the fact that we have that abundance of you know, scholarship and great ideas, but we don't actually have the physical... Um, fruits of that labor is really frustrating, and that's but that's all the more reason to pass this investment in 2022, this November, so that we can actually put some of these great ideas to work. Because that's a problem right now. The transportation debate in Tampa has been, in Hillsborough County, has been very academic and very abstract because there's been no money to actually spend on doing the stuff. This is the opportunity to do the stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a call uh, here from Robert in St. Pete. Robert, are you there? Robert, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What do you have to say, Robert? Well, I don't understand why Hillsborough County and Pinellas County haven't fully explored the options of related to merging the two transit systems so that options like regional rail or commuter rail could be fully realized. It's sort of weird or it's not idiotic that I can't get on a <laughs> bus or a train and go to the airport from St. Pete Beach, mm-hmm. um, let alone Clearwater. Yeah, it seems there's an odd disconnect there. Uh, what do you all think? What do our what do our uh, guests think about that? No, I think that there's been a lot of talk in the past about merging PSTA and Hart. Um, but we don't give them a lot of credit for how well they actually do work together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have routes from PSTA that come into Hillsborough. We've got hearts, heart routes that go, you know, it's it's really a great job that they do working together. And I think that if both sides of the bay had this type of investment, for their transit agencies, we would see that collaboration taken to new heights. And thank you for that call, Robert. That's a good question. That's something that's been talked about quite a bit. Well, this could inspire the other counties around us to do something similar, right? We hope it does. We hope it does. Yeah. It's not like their transportation system is a dream. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, Chris, uh, Christina and Tyler, thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, thanks to everybody who uh, called in, and thanks to all of our uh, the folks who sent emails. Um, and stay tuned for the NPR News, which will be up next, followed by Harrison Nash. Also coming up uh, this afternoon, the Lulus from 3 to 6, the Freak Show from 6 to 8, the Dream Clinic from 8 to 10, and In the Groove from 10 to Midnight. So right. please listen to all your WMNF favorite programs, and don't forget the tip jar. Hit up the tip jar at WMNF.org. Thanks for being here with us, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Hi, I'm Kenny Coogan. Join Annie Ellis and myself as we co-host the Sustainable Living Show here on your community-supported radio station, WMNF Tampa. On Sustainable Living, we bring you conversations with local experts on sustainable topics. Please come share with us every Monday morning at 11 in our talks about alternative energy sources, organic gardening, farming, and everything in between. Sustainability is a balance of people, profit, and planet. Together, we will make a difference. Oh, we got 15 seconds to go, and then we're going to have NPR News. That's on in nine seconds. I wasn't able to get our outro music going, and I'm not sure what's going on there with that. 
but um oh there we go 